Hi everybody, welcome to the Wild Ginger Running live show slash podcast if you're listening tomorrow. So it's really awesome tonight. We are here with the author of this, quite frankly, wonderful book, a work of art, if I may say so. It's uh, Running Adventures Scotland. It's 25 inspirational runs in Scotland's wild places, written by Ross Brannigan. Welcome. Hey. So how are you doing today, Ross? What have you been up to? I'm not bad, thank you very much. I have been dotting around in the garden, to be honest. Uh, not been doing a heck of a lot of running lately. Um, just a bit of an accident on my bike uh, the other day, and so I'm just kind of like taking it easy. Yeah. It's been a bit dreek here in Kendall, um, so I'm just kind of enjoying the fact that, yeah, just be able to watch outside and see it drizzle down. <laughs> yeah, or has it been, so it's been drizzly then. I know Drich because my sister-in-law lives in Inverness, so I, I know what that means. Um, what, what does it mean for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drich is basically just grey and soft misly. Um, it's not quite getting to the stage of Drukit, which is like proper coming down. Chucking it uh, down. Raining cats and dogs, you know. Uh, but Drich's kind of just like, you look at it and you go, it's a bit Drich today, isn't it? So, yeah, it's yeah. been one of those days. But I did I did get out for a decent walk this morning. So, yeah, yes. been a bit physical work as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, you work in conservation, don't you? Um, what yeah. do you do at the moment? Yeah, so I work as the engagement officer for the conservation charity, the John Muir Trust. Oh, um, so they're like a Wild Places uh, charity looking after some of the more remote upland areas like uh, Ben Nevis and... Um, Sky, some of the places actually feature in the book um, and yeah I, I work in events so I travel around the country doing events and supporting the teams to deliver them like Highland Games, uh, Mountain Festivals, um, Skyline Scotland as well if anyone's uh, been along to that um, so I yeah it's kind of a uh, <laughs> it's sometimes can be like quite an amazing job because you get to meet all these amazing people who are super motivated and uh, also just who I know personally and get to know uh, through all the events so yeah it's really cool and nice to be doing something that's quite meaningful as well yeah definitely yeah and that's a great race isn't it the Skyline Scotland I've been there many many a time and I see you've done um, which one have you done the Ring of Steel have you done and then um, haven't you got a prize of a free entry to the race for for somebody who buys a book or there's something about a prize yeah we did yeah so we partnered up with the RIA events who are the organisers of Skyline Scotland uh, like the Ring of Steel and Glencoe Skyline um, and for people who were pre-ordering uh, there was an opportunity for you to either win an entry to the Ring of Steel you could use it for the Ben Nevis Ultra as well I think um, so yeah that was uh, that was really kind of Aria to do that because you know it takes a lot to put these events on um, and I know that they don't they don't run on like massive margins so it's uh, yeah it was really kind of them and I hope whoever has won the event is maybe even watching this evening and is excited to do it in September because it yeah. is an awesome race yeah uh, will you be really there brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is isn't it will you be there yourself I might be there this year, yep, I'm seeing if I can tag it on to a couple of other uh, things I've got planned, Um, namely we're thinking of doing the Hebridean Way uh, on the bikes, and obviously we can, um, yeah, I'm sort of thinking we can maybe do uh, a bit of a pit stop over at um, Fort William on the way back or or something, so I hope I'll be there and um, at least the the John Muir Trust will be there and have a stand and things, so people can go along and say hi. Yeah, oh cool, you might even get to uh, meet the winner of the race, um, of the race place. Yeah, yeah, I would, that would be really nice actually, so yeah, if they do come along it'd be super cool to meet them and uh, say hi and uh, then I can can sign the book if they don't have it already. Yeah, I was just going to say that, (laughs) yeah, they probably will have it because it will be pre-ordered, yeah, um, but that would be really cool, wouldn't it, because you've signed my one just here. Um, What what one did you get? I I did a couple of like random little bits. Oh, you just I just got, got the a plain right? signature. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, suppose this uh, is a pile that you didn't necessarily know who they were going to be sent to because they're all media yeah. ones. Well, yeah. I did. Um, I I actually it was quite good fun because I was, you know, I never signed anything before in my life, so I was just like, <laughs> I just did the first few. So you would have got off the pile just my name. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna throw some fun stuff in here. <laughs> so get I was creative. like, I put some Scottish <laughs> phrases in. I was like, get laldy and like get out there and trying to be really hyped. Um, I even numbered, I think, the first bunch. So, yeah, if you've got, I think, the first 
10 or something like that then they're numbered and then oh. it kind of gets a bit wacky after that so <laughs> oh i love all the scottish phrases i just i was reading the bio in the back as well and it says um he uh he has a passion for adventures both wee and muckle in wild places yeah. um so i had yeah. never heard what heard of muckle before it sounds wonderful mm. what does it mean yeah muckle just means big um, it's kind of, uh, I think it's really a word that sort of originates in Aberdeenshire. It's kind of like a bit more uh, up in the northeast of Scotland, muckle. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I would just throw those little funny words in there and it makes it kind of unique. And um, yeah, with a book called Running Adventure Scotland, I tried to capture some of the culture and essence of Scotland as well, um, which uh, yeah, it was, it was a really exciting challenge because I'm really passionate about the country even though I don't live there now but that's just personal <laughs> circumstance yeah. um so yeah it's just uh it was really good fun just to kind of share that passion um for the culture and as well for the landscape yeah yeah it does certainly come through and we'll talk um, much more about the book in just a moment but I just want to sort of rewind it back a little bit and ask you how you got into running yourself um originally yeah, yeah so I guess running's kind of sort of been a feature of my life for a long time uh, back in school doing like just obviously PE for anyone who's been in uh, the UK education sector like physical education uh, and a lot of running and cross country and things like that and I have to confess I was never that good uh, kind of uh, the more like 5k stuff it wasn't really my forte <laughs> I kind of like went off too hard and just burst um, so yeah that that was kind of my first uh, little tryout of it. But then I did lots of sports sort of growing up. I did uh, judo for like 10 years, um, which is a martial art for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, and then, yeah, did various things and kind of took on running again, sort of, you know, uh, like as a teenager. And at university, I went into cycling and a bit of rowing and da-da-da-da-da. And then eventually towards the end of university, I kind of came back to um to running again um because throughout that throughout my whole life my main passion has been being up in the hills and just going out walking um and like since i was what, four or five i've been out in the hills and did my first monro which is a uh a, a summit over three thousand feet in scotland um when i was nine uh wow. up in glen Shee in the cairngorms um and then since then basically most most of my family outings were just like heading off into the hills with our caravan and uh, touring around the country and that's kind of how I got to know it so intimately I guess um, I sort of built up this picture in my head of the country and the places and where the hills are and you start to yeah I, I like it because any one of my friends here maybe in the US or elsewhere they usually come to me saying I'm going to be here for X number of days, what can I do? Um, so I've kind of offered myself up as someone who can create itineraries for people if they're going to Scotland if they want. Um, and that just, yeah, allows me to kind of use the sort of experience I've had going around the country, getting to know its landscape and and obviously the best cafes and pubs and restaurants that it has to offer. Um, that very is essential important. knowledge. <laughs> very important. Indeed, and, yeah. and that does feature in your book. You've done your research very well, I can tell there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So eventually at the end of uni, it was just like, I just combined the two passions for being in the hills and stuff with um, running and uh, just, just exploring, I guess. Um, running allows you to just see a little bit more. Um, obviously there's a physical element to it of pushing yourself and just like yeah seeing how far or how fast you can go but ultimately it's just for that sense of space um and getting out there and enjoying yourself so since then it's kind of just been dabbling in different aspects of hill running um be that racing or just more recently doing like fast packing adventures which has kind of been more what I've turned to um, mm. over the yeah. past like few years even though there's a ton of race numbers up behind me I haven't actually <laughs> raced for uh, since before Covid oh really um, <laughs> so, that's fine though sometimes you want to yeah. race and sometimes you just want to have an adventure don't you um, what do you what do you love about running then like and, and running in the mountains in particular yeah I guess it's just um, experiencing new places and getting to see how far you can go because I've walking you can only travel so far and 
I think there's there's merit to any kind of way you want to go into the hills, and I know some people who are you know more walkers will say I can't you know runners I don't understand them they look at their feet all the time and I I challenge any of them to to actually show me a runner who just looks at their feet all the time because most of the time I have to be looking up and and also you can't help it you're in such beautiful landscapes mm. um, so yeah part of it's just getting able to see more and then there's like a bit of a more like groovy hippie element to it which I like to think of is like kind of finding your flow um, and finding a rhythm and I really like the rhythm of running um, it sounds yeah kind of like groovy but that's <laughs> that's just what I like there's sort of a pace to it and you can get into this flow and it feels like you're pushing yourself but it's manageable and it's yeah there's a bit of give and take with it so that's kind of why I like it like a bit of zen like a kind of a yeah, sort of a zen, a zen feeling from it yeah. yeah, people find that in different ways. They can find that on the bike. They can find that walking. For me, it's often running that yeah. I get to feel that. So, I know exactly yeah, what you mean. I did a long run yesterday, like not in the mountains, nowhere particularly hilly or anything like that. But mm. it was just so nice to do a long run again and just kind of poddle along, you know, just like jum, 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 find that rhythm, what you're yeah. talking about. You get into a rhythm of it. And yeah, there's a reason that I'm drawn to the hills, obviously. I don't necessarily like running in the trails and stuff like that um i love running in the hills and just getting a bit like getting covered in mud and <laughs> you like feel like a kid again you're sort of like jumping over styles and over bogs and falling over and hurting <laughs> yourself it's just it's just part of life isn't it yeah oh well you're definitely starting to sell the book to me i was flicking through the pages earlier and i was just like Oh, I wish I was on a trip to Scotland right now because I, yeah. yeah, I've I've been to some of the places that you mentioned, and uh, it just makes me want to go back there immediately. Um, but mm. I just wanted to sort of link up a little bit about um, you're, you're obviously really into running, you're really into the hills, but um, how did you get into the writing side of things? What what makes um what makes that such an interesting part of your experience in the hills? Yeah, so for me, writing has just been around probably as long as being in the hills has been, to be honest. I mean, when I was younger, I started and uh, wrote a whole tons of stories and was always imagining stuff and writing fiction and uh, random bits and bobs. And then uh, through u university, I, I studied journalism and politics, uh, and that was, yeah, like I went and started, I was in the student newspaper there. Uh, I was a writer throughout, writing for news, politics, I worked for the BBC for a bit, I became an editor-in-chief of the newspaper uh, and managed all our editorial output and that was really cool and wrote hundreds of articles and all the while through uni kept a political blog, <laughs> um, Wow! which yeah it was, yeah, was kind of really, it was good fun and kept me busy and opened up a lot of things for me and then that just kind of morphed once I went into work and um, thought well I really love being in the hills and running and stuff like that I'm, I'm just going to combine my love of writing with that of running in, in the landscape and actually uh, my postgrad diploma was um, a lot of it focused on Nan Shepherd. if anyone's heard of Nan Shepherd before I've seen um, her on your a, blog and I, I'm sure I've heard of her as well just remind us all yeah. who she is yeah, and Nan Shepherd was uh, a writer in sort of like the 20th century uh, from the Cairngorms, and she really was quite unique in that she was a she was a woman writing about uh, being outdoors and climbing mountains, which was really like uh, sort of pushing the boundaries at that time. Um, and as well, she was also a sort of like prolif prolific like writer in, in Scots language, like in mm -hmm. Doric. Um, so she has she has the Living Mountain is her like main nonfiction book, um, but then she also has like I think three maybe four works of fiction, uh, and they're all like in um, in Scots. Uh, so reading them can be quite challenging, but it gives you a sense of the people and the culture um, that she's writing about and that she grew up with, oh, wow. um, which is really interesting and loads of poetry. Um, she's just wonderful and she captures that like zen thing a lot and a lot about embodiment and uh, spirituality in the landscape mm. so I really recommend anyone to I mean the Living Mountain is such a I don't, I don't know if I've got a copy of it here but it it's a really thin candy? little ah. book it's like a hundred pages or something like that 
and it goes through different aspects of her journey through the Cairngorms. So yeah, make a note. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so reading her stuff made me just have opened my eyes to like a new type of writing about the outdoors and. Since then, I've just been like writing loads of articles on my, on my blog. It's now rossrunswild.com. Um, you can find stuff about my adventures there, my races, and other random bits and bobs that I like to throw up there from time to time. <laughs> it's awesome, and you can definitely you can definitely tell that you're a writer from the writing style of the book. Um, um, mm. It's really nicely written. I mean, it's just yeah, really easy to read. I mean, it's not just there is lots of directions obviously but there's a really lovely yeah. intro to each bit I'll just show everybody um, there's a bookmark in here uh, for the Western Highlands so it sort of starts off with there's several in they divide Scotland obviously into the different parts and so this is the Western mm. Highlands area I'll just show people what they what they would get if they were to purchase this book and um, so yeah. I really like the way that you've got um, little quotes from yeah. um, kind of fell runners or people influential people in the outdoors and in Scotland yeah. um, to have a little quote about the mountain that you've chosen and the route that you've chosen um, and then there's a nice little gradient profile here I don't know if I, that that looks a bit brutal doesn't it all the way down then all the way up again <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that would be the Glen is, is that the Glencoe skyline route uh, it kind of goes kind around of the bottom of um, uh -huh. Buchaya to Moor. It's uh, yeah, it's it, uh, like it's a low-level trail route, but it kind of you you do cross over the Glengo Skyline ah. uh, route quite a bit. Um, so it does, yeah. It's, it, it gives you a chance to actually follow some of it if you really wanted cool. to. Uh, it's the option to take take a little turn and go up somewhere different um, mm -hmm. if you wanted to, and, and go somewhere a little bit more up higher up. Yeah, if you fancied it. Yeah, it's really cool, and the map. Yeah, the, cool the mapping's really awesome as well. Um, the mapping's three D, yeah, so that's really pro, isn't it? I like yeah. that mapping. Um, and then you've got tons yeah. of pictures throughout to inspire you. I mean, if you weren't inspired mm. to start with just picking up the book, you'd be super inspired with all the pictures. There's some lo lovely directions as well, um, and then points of interest, and then all the highlights, getting their top tips. Um, uh, other options and like uh, and what you were talking about before about the pub or the cafe um, and tips on how to find out more and just like little things like this little sign that you've got here which has got loads of other little stickers attached to it just yeah. just the little things that you pick up on little the way curios. That really, yeah that really make you feel like you've you've definitely been there and you've definitely run all of these routes um, <laughs> <laughs> we do have um um, a, an audience member question about the roots actually um, I think she's actually watching um, Andrea who says hello Claire and Ross I think she's watching right now I hope she is because we're going to answer your question now Andrea um, she um, says um, she's always interested in the process of choosing which routes to include so there's obviously only 25 in here and Scotland's yeah. a very big country so yeah can you take us through a little bit of the process of yeah. choosing the routes yeah so naturally you're gonna miss some out and there were some which I would I look back and go like oh maybe I could have gone there and actually since I've been um, since the book came out and I've gone around Scotland this, I've been like no I was justified in not putting that in because it didn't make sense in the scope of the rest of the routes that kind of ended up making it so I had to yeah there was a couple of essential criteria that they had to meet first which is firstly is it a route that's just loved by the Scottish Hill running community um, those are people who I hang out with um, and who I follow on social media and I just know that the route is great like one of which is like Beneglow which is in the Cairngorms and that's just a route that I know people go back to time and time again because it's just great fun running um, so that that was first second was is it um, is it part of a race route perhaps so um, a good one's the Pentland Skyline outside of Edinburgh uh, really iconic uh, long distance Scotch Hill running route um, so that made it in along with a couple others um, third does it have a place in Scotch Hill running history um, so that could be uh, like the South Glen Shield Ridge which featured in John Brock's Apps Munro record round back in 1988 I think so that was kind of like something I wanted to be able to tell the story of so kind of all of the routes have a story to tell um, yeah the one that hit one of those like three essential criteria and then after that it was like 
it then started to look a bit more broadly and think, right, where are maybe there's some gaps? Where do I need to test some out? And that was a little bit more of a tricky bit because then it was about going out, wrecking places I'd never been before, testing things, maybe getting them wrong. Some of them didn't turn out as good as I had hoped. Um, you know, and it, it was a it was a process of elimination, and there were some there was a long list. Five or. Um, and you know obviously the publisher kind of like gives you some guidance that says we want between like you know 25 to 28 sort of maximum um but yeah once i started like building up what ones were in there i was like well it doesn't make sense to have this one anymore because it doesn't fit the sort of the ethos of what i was trying to get across which was like running adventures scotland it was kind of a bit more of that bigger landscape wild places getting out there in the mountains it's, you know, is is a book which I try to cater for a lot of different abilities. You know, like that route you just showed in Glencoe, the two larigs. That is like a low-level trail route, but it's still in the mountains. You know, when I think where would people want to go when they come to visit Scotland, and I go like, right, okay, they're going to go to the West Highlands, they're going to go to the Cairngorms, they're going to go to the Northwest, da 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 da. There are some places which I kind of like included because they have close kind of like place in my heart, <laughs> like in the o- the Oakles especially, which is where I grew up, um, and my home hills, and still like I think they're wonderful hills. So they <laughs> kind of sneaked in there. Um, I'm but so they're not, they like, should. <laughs> they are iconic. amazing. <laughs> yeah, they're lovely hills. They're not like iconic, but they have some fantastic hill races on them. Um, so yeah, that was it was really hard, and I and I get people going like there's tons of room for like a second book. And yeah, I'm like, that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm like there is a lot of room for a second book, but it would have to it would be a different book. You know, mm. I wouldn't like. I, it's kind of like yeah, there's an algorithm to it in my head uh-huh. that just like mm. some of them. You had a. It just doesn't. Rest. So that you had to kind of tell a story with each of them, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, there was a mix, and you had to make sure that you were doing stuff that catered for a wide range of people, and you weren't like, you know, favouring one type of route versus another, and you kind of peppered it geographically mm. a little bit more, uh, yeah. Fair. I can just so, imagine you with the on the kitchen table with like a big map of Scotland printed out, and like <laughs> little pinpoints and moving close. them around, and like stirring yeah. the pot. <laughs> yeah pretty close and every so often you would be like oh we haven't been there yet like we went for a run (laughs) in the the borders uh just outside of peebles um and one of the routes i wanted to try out uh was a glenn Sachs horseshoe i think it was and i'd seen it on the map and i knew the first part of it was really lovely and in fact at the back of the book there is a little bit um that's like an appendix and it says uh it's more like this it's called um And at the back of the book, yeah, you'll find there's the more like this section, and then in the uh, central southern Scotland, there's there's the Gypsy Glen, um, which is a really popular like trail running route. It's just at the back here, and um, there's a really popular trail, and that's where this Glen Sachs Horseshoe started. It was on sort of like the trail it takes you down the um, Gypsy Glen. Um, but once we got to the far end of the horseshoe and started coming back, we just came across this mighty bog. <laughs> and it was like, oh, it was so, it was peat hags, like big steep-sided peat bog, uh, and wet and slushy and not a lot of fun. And the descent back into the Glen was great, but it kind of made me go, I enjoyed that. Like, mm. I like going through bogs and muddy and stuff like that, <laughs> but then I was kind of like, would everyone appreciate me saying, oh, this route's great, off you go, and then they get like, proper muddy as anything yeah um yeah and i guess like to the last point i'd make is there was a bit of a like visitor pressure consideration to be made as well i was gonna say because i know a lot of the scottish runners um the old school foreigners in particular they won't they wouldn't want you to sort of release all the Mm. secret gems so i thought it was quite canny of you to sort of stick to the the best loved as in the most well-known ones because they wouldn't mind you sharing those things but you kind of want to keep a few little secrets don't you yeah it wasn't about like picking the ones that are super popular like i wasn't going to include ben nevis because ben nevis has got so many (laughs) roof books written about it you can find how to run up ben nevis wherever you want it's fairly straightforward um but 
there was like a fine balance of finding what I would describe those that Ben Nevis level of stuff was like tier one. They're like tier one notoriety. Everyone knows Ben Nevis. Then there was the tier two lot, which are known but not like super duper popular and but they're well known to like Scottish Hillrunners. So I was like, I'll go with them. And then there's the ones which are just like the hidden gems which will you'll just have to find out yourself for yeah well that's why i like i didn't notice actually the um, more like this section and i think that's just really nice because i mean people might want to tick off all 25 of these routes mightn't they or at least a fair few of them and then if they really particularly liked a certain area then they've got a few more to to try out and then they can you know try making their own route up and and a bit less hand-holding yeah that's that's it yeah i mean actually i'm gonna shout him out because he might even be watching there's a guy called johnny logan who on twitter has been sending me loads of pictures from his roots that he's been doing and he's been he's been basically touring around the country with this book it's been the coolest thing i'm like that is exactly what i wanted someone to do because basically most of the roots in this book were done on trips probably like johnny's doing Mm. i mean the cairngorms i think like in the cairngorms section there are there's one, uh, there's one, two, three, four that we did on a holiday, like just one after the other, because yeah. uh, it makes logical <laughs> sense. If you're on holiday, going to the Cairngorms, you'll start in Abbeymore probably and work your way around to Braemar, and then you go back south again. Yeah. So, I made it with that in mind to try and keep it logical for people who are going away and they're like, oh, we want to do a few of them. I, d- I tell you what, I chewed my partner's ear off talking about this constantly <laughs> on every run we did. Oh, I bet she yeah. loved it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure she did. <laughs> but I had such consternation about it that I really wanted to make it <laughs> do it right. Anyway, yeah. that answers the question very long-windedly. Yeah, no, that's great. And Andrea is actually listening right now, and she says, thank you, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's um, good. And I just want to read you out um, something from uh, Marco, who's listening all the way from Colombia. He says, oh, hey. yeah, he says, Claire, you and your guests are awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you, Marco, oh, yeah. for Thanks. listening. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so with that in mind, w- was the book hard to write? Like, did it, did it sort of flow? You seem like it, it seemed like once you'd chosen the mountains and mm. the routes to, to go on, it just sort of all came together. Did did it come together really easily? Kind of does, yeah. It's funny. People say this about writing a book, and they say, like, well, one day I just, like, you know, finish a chapter, and suddenly I had a book. Because <laughs> it's kind of like that. You, you're you working in little sections all the time, and, you know, every route's about 1,500 words or something like that. Um, mm, it's quite structured, isn't it, writing a route book? You've got to complete se- certain things and you just kind yeah. of crack on with it, don't you? There's a formula to it, but there was actually, I was really surprised by how much Freedom Vertebrate Publishing gave me with it because there's cool. a few bits that I was like, I'm going to, th- I think this is valuable. Like, there's the bog rating for each of the bits, like how awesome. boggy it is and, <laughs> and those cafes and which conservation charities support and yada yada. And so they kept all that in, which was really nice. And those were my own little bits. Um, but yeah, you kind of write a 1500-word route, and you've got it down, and then you move on to the next one, the next one, the next one. And then after like you know eight months or so, you've got 50,000 words in a folder. Uh, and it's just like, I don't know how that happens. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's, quite, it's quite a surreal experience. I mean, yeah, you've done your own. So it's just this yeah really bizarre uh sort of yeah anti-claim max again yeah it just and i keep going like how many more how many more it's never finished <laughs> yeah it just kind of keeps going keeps going doesn't it and then i don't know about you but mm. when i wrote mine i ended up with far too many words so i had to then just go and like hack everything out and just be like really cruel like oh i don't need that bit uh, but that took me ages to craft oh no i don't need that bit i'll just delete that bit <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know it was um i think i'd i'd see a lot of people who work in kind of like doing more like not not guidebooks have to work a lot on the editing side of things because there is that limitation and there's a narrative that you have to stick to and kind of make it quite sharp um whether it was because i just wrote good stuff to go in with it seemed that the edits weren't huge which was really comforting for me and it because there was obviously a few iterations 
of a couple of routes. Like I sent a few over to Kirsty Reed, the commissioning editor of Vertebrate, uh, and was like, "Does this tone work, or do you want this tone or this tone?" Mm. And she sent back like, "Is it okay if we get a mix?" <laughs> so I was like. All right, okay, because they were not wanting it to be like a blow-by-blow blow account, mm. but it was also like, don't be too broad, basically. Yeah. So you had to kind of tease that in a little bit, uh, which was a good challenge. So yeah, the book ends up just kind of like happening once you kind of got that base level of research done. It's just like ticking it over, and it took about eh, like yeah, I think from, I think I I think I got the commission in like uh, December. Uh, to write it and I finished it in October wow yeah. that's not long at all like especially if you had to go and run did you have to go and run them all within that time frame or had you already really familiar with a few of them yeah so a few of them I was really familiar with um, there are a few which people might notice like Ben Aglow for instance and Ben Lomond um, the photographs are not mine because um, I knew the route so well uh, that I could just do them off of memory to be honest it was kind of like I know exactly where to go yeah. um, and I it was like going up to Scotland to go and do Ben Lomond alone at times was a little bit like I, like it didn't work with my schedule and so on so I was kind of like well I know it by heart and I knew people locally who had good photographs and thanks to the guys at Walk Highlands for contributing some of the photography because that was really helpful um, but yeah most of them you'll find if it doesn't have a credit under it it's probably taken by me mm. um, and that is about like 20 of the 25 routes so yeah in that time <laughs> despite <Wow>. injury covid <gasps> Whoa, yeah. a crazy crazy winter in scotland which meant that i couldn't go running in the cairngorms for the best part of until june really um <laughs> It was kind of like this four months of just, just yeah. I was just in Scotland every single weekend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was quite, <laughs> it was working to the lines up there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it sounds like a, a labour of love, but a really good labour of love. Um, uh, and yeah. I was also really interested to talk to you about the environmental message that you wanted to come across through the book. Um, yeah. Yeah, can you tell us more about that? Because obviously you work in conservation, it totally makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it, just since like lockdown kind of, um, well, kind of ended, I guess, we saw this massive influx of people going to the hills for the first time, which was really exciting because, yeah, people who would regularly go to Ibiza were now going up Ben Nevis and finding out just how awesome it is to go outside, <laughs> which is great. I really love that. And But there were some problems with it, like, you know, some issues around uh, overcrowding, bad parking, uh, you know, just footpath maintenance costs go up for charities like mine and the National Trust for Scotland and uh, and RSPB and so on. So, you know, that, that that increase in numbers obviously has an effect. And for me, I was very conscious that I was sending people to places that I really love mm. and that are quite fragile in some cases. Um, I'll use Ben, ben Lors as an example. Like, it's a national nature reserve. It's got very rare Arctic alpine plants um, that, you know, they're more of an in, in, in the enclosure, but there are other routes in the book that do have like quite rare flora um, that if you stepped on, you would cause like, you know, quite a lot of damage to. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and obviously we're living through a climate and biodiversity crisis at the moment. And so for me, having a message in there of like how to go responsibly into the outdoors, uh, obviously crack on, enjoy it. It's awesome. Like you'll love being out there, but there's a consideration to be made and I know as runners we love running through bogs and heather and all that but if you can try and stick to the main routes and particularly those I write in the book you know there's like I give as much information as I possibly can to allow you to do it safely and responsibly and then yeah at the end of most of the routes um, there is a charity that you can support um, by like dropping a donation to them or something like that or just going online to find more um, you know, like there's uh, the National Trust for Scotland's in there, John Muir Trust, RSPB, and there's a couple of local ones as well, like um, Sylvan features in this book, which people might recognise as the big humpback whale. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll show it there because yeah. everyone oh, probably there it is. That's um, a great picture. So yeah, it's a beautiful mountain, and it's um, the Ascent Foundation 
uh, sort of like manage the land in the area um, and do a lot of work restoring footpaths and so on. So for me, it was really important that if you go to these places, you should go respectfully and also you should think about how you can give back as well. So that was, uh, yeah, yeah, really big for me. Yeah, it's it's really big deal, isn't it? Now, like I've actually started um, uh, doing, doing just like a monthly donation to Ren. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, mm. I interviewed Jim Mann on the channel um, yeah. before COVID, I think it was, um, about trees, not teas. Yeah. Um, the company that they founded for swapping race t-shirts with t-shirts, I'm sure you know. Um, I mean, swapping race t-shirts with trees, which I'm sure you know <laughs> yeah. all about. Um, so yeah, I just, I just like felt super guilty because in this job, which I do, like I've flown all over the world trail running, and you know, I, I've written about all these mountains. <laughs> we got the sun in the eye. Right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's getting dark, isn't it? Um, yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's such a, a difficult thing because you want to go to these amazing places and you want to encourage other people to go to yeah. the amazing places. But what do you do about like tracking your carbon footprint? So I just thought, well, I'll take as mm. little planes as I can. I'll go on trains and boats wherever I can, like to the Isle of Man. Um, but I just do a monthly donation as well, just just to help. Is that something that you would recommend, or like, does the book recommend doing that as well? Um, what? Yeah. How do you reconcile it with yourself? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. I think actually, Damien Hall has a really good perspective on this, and yeah, he says that we're he's all. Yeah, he's a really good all, runner, isn't he? Yeah, we're all kind of hypocrites at the end of the day. Um, yeah. Because we all do stuff that, you know, we could make more. Uh, you know eco-conscious decisions um i like for myself you know i've i've not really done a lot of foreign travel in my life because i've spent a lot of my time in scotland and this is the product of it yes. um, <laughs> you're okay then <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um but just recently i've kind of really wanted to see more of the world um and because i'm not you know i don't have tons of money and unfortunately we're in a position where public transport is so and I, you know i'm speaking for myself when I was, i'm talking about all this but you know uh it, public transport is still really expensive um yes. and it shouldn't be but mm. unfortunately whenever i'm like i really want to go and experience a new place and i've done scotland so much and i want to experience different cultures and so on i'm paying for plane flight or you look at a 300 pound train yeah that go, takes three days <laughs> i don't have all that yeah you don't you don't have all that much annual leave and you know you don't have the money to just like splash on that so you just go and you know that's the decision you kind of make and you reconcile that by thinking about all the other things you do in your life like i eat less meat nowadays i drive a lot less i i work from home so yeah it's kind of like driving isn't really a big big thing um i buy less and yeah you just gotta kind of do things that you think are responsible and ultimately as well we get into the mindset because we're people who are conscious about these things we think like oh i'm doing such a terrible thing i've flown once this year oh my god but you have to remember that there are people flying weekly yeah to uh, like america like yeah constant long like, flight yeah so you should not beat yourself up the thing the best thing you can do is care and if you care a little bit, then you will start to make small changes. And, you know, I've been out and probably planted throughout my time working in conservation, like a thousand trees or whatever. And so, yeah, it's just one of those things that you do what you can. Um, and yeah, yeah, you just got to care a little bit more. Yeah, I think as runners, we're, we're probably already doing more than a lot of people, so that is good. Um, exactly. There's obviously always more that we, we can do. And did you pick up every bit of litter on the way like Damien likes to do? Yeah, I actually do often do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm often picking banana skins up. Because I have a dog, I always have poo bags in my rucksack. So I banana skins and satsuma peels um interesting fact about banana skins people think that the reason you shouldn't throw them away is because they just don't degrade that quickly mm. it's true but it's also because where bananas come from they're areas of really high nutrient soils mm. whereas in the uk we have really low nutrients 
So on the mountains in particular, we have really low nutrient density in our soils. And if you do drop a banana, it essentially, as it decays, will release all those nutrients and burn the soil and burn the plants that are in the vicinity of oh, it. God, wow. um, so you can really damage fragile plants if you're chucking banana skins all over the place. Yeah, so yeah. top tip. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I would hope that nobody listening to this show or podcast would ever <laughs> drop a banana skin on purpose. Um, but that will give us more impetus to go mm, pick it up, yeah, <laughs> won't it? Yeah. Yep. Take it back. yeah, take it back home with us, put it in your pocket. Oh. Yeah. Um, I used to pick up a lot more litter before COVID. Um, I think I'm going to start now again because um, mm. I think the scare has gradually diminished. So I think we can all yeah. start safely picking up litter again. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, I've just got. Um, we've got time for a couple more questions. I hope you're okay just for a couple more questions yeah, yeah, yeah. for us. Um, I, um, I I don't want to ask you this question even because I know it's going to be a really difficult one. But do you have a favourite route? I know it's like trying to choose between your children, <laughs> um, but I've got to ask: Have you got a favourite of all these twenty-five routes in this wonderful book, Running Adventure Scotland? Yes. Yeah, so obviously, all of the routes have a special story to them. Um, and yeah we'll, we'll maybe talk about that but like the I think for me the South Glacial Ridge just hits the nail on the head every time um, it, um, with about like 1300 metres of ascent in it uh, so you know distance to elevation is actually like pretty reasonable um, but in that 27 kilometres you're climbing seven Munros you're basically tripping over Munro summits as you're running along this ridge. And the ridge is really nice, wide ridge, rolling terrain, very grassy. Um, there's a steep section to get up onto the ridge, but after that, you've just got like sublime views wow. in all directions, if you can see them, obviously. We've got a really <laughs> good day for it. Um, yeah, so you get like some Munros, you get from whichever point you want to go and yeah, drop back down. And the way we recommend in the book to do it is to finish at the Clooney Inn. Because uh, oh, that's then, if you've left the car and you've got a bike at the Clooney Inn, you can then go downhill all the way back to your car. Cool. Um, so Good tip. I like that. Easier for you. Yeah, so if you go from west to east, you get a downhill bike ride back to the start. Brilliant. Um, and yeah. Whichever one of the friends has to go and get the car, the other one can sit in the Clooney Inn and have a beer. So. <laughs> and have a lovely yeah. beer. Oh, it's that sounds ideal. Tremendous, really. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. And you've got a story as well, haven't you? Um, I just real remembered you wanted to talk about the sky route that you did, the Skernestry, Street, um, yeah. which was a really challenging day out. Intriguing. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was a really challenging day out because I think, um, yeah, like I say, all those roots have a story in them, why they're in there what happens and so on but Skurna's Tree was really interesting for me because it was kind of like I'd just done, I'd actually been working at Skyline Scotland oh. um, time I'm ever going to get up to Sky so easily is from Fort William mm. so I decided to head over to Sky, I slept in a lay-by uh, <laughs> in the van and then headed over to Sky the next morning and it was, I mean like yeah, I said Dreek at the start of this <laughs> conversation. It was Dreek, like it was super Dreek, super Dreek. It wasn't quite Dreek, but it was proper Dreek. And uh, and yeah, Sky was earning its reputation as the Misty Isle that day. I have to say, so I sat in the co-op car park in Kyle Vakalsh and just like was pounding like a pan of chocolate into my mouth. And was like, <laughs> oh, this is gonna be so miserable because I'm by myself. Oh. Um, <laughs> And I thought, well, I just got to crack on. This is my only opportunity to do this. Um, and so I headed off to Kilmarie and headed down to Kamasunari. And just like, I had this total black dog on my back for a while. It was proper, like, grumpy. But then just something, <laughs> something happened when I got over that brow and could see over Kamasunari Bay. I was like, wow, this is a wild place. <laughs> like, this is just so out the way. I feel like the last person on earth is so wicked. And yeah, then I ran off and crossed over the river, and then the rain came down like nobody's business. And then <laughs> I was, it was proper druk it then. Um, and my only like, company was this red deer. And so it was just an amazing moment because I'm kind of like, I had to check myself. I was thinking, right, you know am I safe you know it was yeah. one of those ones where you're like it's cold it's really raining hard and then I was like well, I'm on the route I've got a map I've got a compass I'm sure of myself in the mountains I've got enough like 
you know, food and clothing to keep me safe. I'm going to crack on and see how I get on. And uh, the clouds lifted just as I got to the summit. And I got the, like, iconic view over Loch Karusk wow. and the Coolin oh, wow. that everybody kind of, like, goes up Skirnes 3 to see. And I was like, yes, Yay. that was it. And then I came <laughs> back on the Sky Trail and just, like, I could leave. And I was like, that was awesome. Like, it started off so hard, but just a little bit of, um, yeah, perseverance um, and just... Yeah, one of those things you give something a crack and, you, and it works out in the end. So yeah, it was that's a really memorable day, and I have loads of memorable days from the book. But it was a real joy to to explore and find new places. Screwing a street I'd never been up before, so that was a really cool thing to do. Um, so I loved it. Yeah, it's awesome, and the the love of the area just really comes across in the book. I was really taken by, yeah, the, just the lovely language that you used to describe the places, or the people you've spoken to to get like little little insights into the areas, mm. or the little top tips. It really is a wonderful book, Ross. I hope that you're very proud of what you've created and yeah. um, excited. But weird people. seeing you there with it. Yeah, I'm, with the book I'm here as well. <laughs> yeah, like, you've what? got my book. You've How got did the you book. get hold of that? Yeah. <laughs> How did we do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so I've just got one final question for you. Oh, yeah. um, on your blog, um, there's a drop down menu, there's a few things along the top, and there's a drop down menu, and the book one says books, plural. So what's next? What's the next <laughs> book? <laughs> You've already oh, set well, yourself yeah. up for a second, haven't you? <laughs> Gosh, yeah. I think I call it that because we're going to do some reviews as well. So it might be that I amend it slightly. But yeah, um, at the moment, I've got a lot of really exciting projects on. <gasps> uh, Anything you can tell us about? Oh, yeah, actually. So uh, at the end of July, um, this is like yeah runners may not know about this race but there's a race called the transcontinental um which is our uh, self-supported bikepacking ultra endurance race that goes from uh well basically crosses the european continent wow. uh goes from belgium this year to bulgaria cool. uh and i'm going to be the race reporter for oh, the okay. event so i'll wow. be writing race reports every day i've been doing interviews for um for some pre-race interviews to get some articles up um so yeah so i'll be away on the road um yeah from 22nd of july to the 9th of august wow right? so was, is that time off from your job at the john muir then yeah so i'm taking leave and just heading off and doing some yeah. some writing journalism it's going to be like like cool. frontline journalism on the day in the back of a car like yeah. typing up doing interviews and so on so it's going to be a really cool experience yeah um, it's hard so work kind of, doing that day after day yeah I've <laughs> done, done that a lot back in the day space, right? yeah that's taking up my take a lot right? of jelly babies <laughs> yeah. and caffeine yeah. <laughs> jelly babies uh stopping yeah. off it but you're probably. good and young you'll be fine <laughs> Yeah, uh, stop at the gas stations, getting to know the insides of, uh, yeah. of a petrol station in Romania. Sure. Yeah, it would be really cool. <laughs> Such an amazing way to travel and see the country. And yeah, you'll just be like hopping in, hopping out, seeing all these cool people cycling past. That would yeah. be a really awesome experience. Exactly, yeah. So I'm psyched for that. And that's not far away. So got that in the pipeline. And then there's a couple of stuff with this book still. You know, I've got events in... Uh, mid-July and then in September so I'll be in uh, a couple of Alp kit stores cool. so people keep their eye out I'll be in Keswick and in uh, Edinburgh um, dates will be available pretty soon um, I think and yeah that's that's kind of everything that's going on it's, it's going to be a busy time over the next uh, four weeks I think and yeah. then back we'll be like Ooh, <laughs> and I? Christmas oh. yeah 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 oh, my oh, so, book, book for Christmas everybody is quite big for a stocking but we can always fold it like this <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you can download all the gpx files as well oh, so you know, now that is very handy <laughs> yeah you, you can give it over as a digital device <laughs> yeah that's wonderful well andrea says it seems you guys have just convinced me to order ross's book um oh. <laughs> and saragon um mc uh, enemy McEnny, sorry, says the Isle of Skye trail running sounds amazing. Is it in your mm. book, Ross? I'm guessing it is. Because yeah, so, that's why we were talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's obviously there is the um there's Skurnus Three, which is one of the routes on Skye, but then actually I think I give an honourable mention to the Sky Trail uh, in 
weeks. Uh, let me just check. Uh, oh no, I I had. I think, and then I'm, I shifted it out. It might have been on my like long list at one point. Oh, um, that's a, a sneak uh, secret yeah. preview oh, for no, the podcast. It it's in the, the multi-day routes. Uh, oh. So at the back, we've got a couple more multi-day routes, and one of them is uh, the Sky Trail. So cool. if, once it's given that a crack, then then do so because it is beautiful. Um, and having ran, I did the Trotternish Ridge Race uh, back in twenty. 17, I think. I think the, this is one of the one of the numbers up there is uh, from Trotternish race, and that was just bonkers. It was a crazy race. Um, the weather was really atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't see much further than like you know 20 meters ahead of you. And Trotternish is the the top bit of sky. It's kind of that whole area, wow. and it's like this big scar that runs down that uh, that central section of sky. And I remember the race organizer saying. You need to, if you're not comfortable navigating, then don't think that you can use the, the ridge as a handrail because you won't be able to see it. So, <laughs> you can see it now. If you're not comfortable, then you don't have to run this. <laughs> and I just looked at my feet uh, and I was like, uh, well, I guess I guess we're just doing it. Yeah. Not. Um, and yeah, that was a long day out. I wow. got lost a couple of but oh, so did everybody. No. Yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's nice, isn't it, that they've still got races where they can fling you off into the wilderness like that. It's your exactly, own fault whether yeah. you survive or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Within reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, well, thanks so much, Ross. It really has been really lovely to talk to you tonight. Um, and I think we've definitely sold a few more copies of Running Adventures Scotland. So that's fantastic. Um, yeah. Before... yeah if, people, if people want to get it, then just go to, I think it's adventurebooks.com. Um, which is Vertebrate Publishing's website or you can just type it into Google and you'll be able to find it I'm sure and it's I'll in most in the Scottish books well. yeah. yeah 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 so um, yeah grab yourself a copy get get inspired yeah. and uh, come up with some roots of your own I'd love to see people's uh, mm. people's photographs you can find me on Twitter Ross Brannigan 95 or Instagram which is Ross Runs Wild uh, and I'd love to see your photographs of you using the book because we could Cool. Oh, and just remind us about the blog as well. What's the web address for that? Yeah, rossrunswild.com. Rossrunswild.com. That's the place to go. I'm currently writing up uh, a a fast-packing trip report from when I was in France just recently. Um, I went to the Jura Alps and did uh, a few days in Jura, which was really cool. Uh, Cool. So I'm currently writing something about that. Wow, it's really inspiring and yeah, just carry on having these amazing adventures and <laughs> we look forward to hearing more from you and getting the book as well. I, I'm hoping that everybody will go away with a copy of this book now as well. Magic. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's been really great to chat about it and relive some of it as well, which is really, really nice. So I hope people enjoy the book and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing fiddles from it. Cool, cool. Okay, we'll share your posts everyone and um, Hopefully you'll see some people on the trails then. Night everybody!